gratitude change your life. Now, that's kind of a bold claim. It's, it, it really is to say, whenever you say something's life-changing, it better have some weight to it, right? I mean, Thanksgiving's over. We've already done that. We're on to the greed, I mean, joy of Christmas. But Thanksgiving is something that can absolutely change your life. If you're skeptical, I get it. I really do. But I'm going to invite you to hang with me because I know at least one thing about you, probably, even if you're skeptical. And, and, and I'll try to soften it a little bit. Almost everybody in this room wants to be happy. Close. If I'm at least 90%, I got that right. And if that's true of you, even if you're skeptical about my Thanksgiving claim, I want you to hang in there with me. At least hear me out. Uh, what, what have you got to lose, really? It's only a few more minutes. So here's what I want to do. I want to take us and to one of the passages of Scripture that teaches us about gratitude. I want to walk with us through it so we can see how it can change our life. So I want to invite you to turn with me if you've got your Bibles. Uh, swipe with me if you've got your Bible apps. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18. And I invite you to hear the word of the Lord. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen. Now, there's something really special about this passage of Scripture. It's, it's short, it's easy to memorize, but it's direct, it's punchy. There are no extra words. There are no extra circumstances that you have to be in just to, to carry this out. It is simply rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances. It's right there, plain, important. It doesn't matter where you are or who you are. It seems like these three things stand out in Scripture as something plainly that we should do, for they matter. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances. And it's interesting because if you look at the whole context of this passage, it's not just a random list of good things. You know, you could just write down a list of all the things that are good and we could just do them. No, these are very specific things. Because if you look at how the wording goes in the sentence structure, it says, uh, do these three things for they are the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. That has a little weight to them, doesn't it? So if you've been looking for the will of God for your life, if you've been looking for a little bit of divine guidance, here you go. Plain as day, right there in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Well, if these things are the will of God for us in Christ Jesus, then it's probably worth you and me taking some time to consider how we practice them. If they're that important, then we really need to take some time to look at how, how are we doing with it and what, is, what does that look like for us. And they're all important things. I mean, just take uh, pray without ceasing, for example. Anybody with a good sense of Christian guilt thinks they should be praying more, right? I mean, we agree with that. Pray, pray right? We like that. Pray. Pray without ceasing? I'll try. <laughs> Got to sleep sometime, Paul. We'll talk more about that. It's really a powerful verse. Uh, we get that. It's, it's Rejoice always, though, is a little bit problematic. Rejoice always? 
always? Are you sure? Do you know what my always has looked like? Sometimes that can be a little hard, can't it? Rejoice always. And it's always this last one that's given me a little bit of a, a, little bit of a, a, a trouble. Give thanks in all circumstances. Give thanks in all circumstances. I don't know about you, but I'm either, I'm either thankful or I'm not. <laughs> I mean, thank you or not. I mean, I, I've been told I should say thank you more, but when my, especially over Thanksgiving at my parents' house. It's like I was five again. I'm just playing. No, but, but I, I, how do I practice that? How do I, how do I do that when, in my experience, I'm either thankful or I'm not? But if this is part of God's will for us in Christ Jesus, then we should probably dig deeper and see what these things mean for our lives. So let's focus on giving thanks today. Give thanks in all circumstances. And what I want to do is I want to take us through three issues that we might experience with this passage so that we can work through them and then see how gratitude can actually, yes, change our life. Okay? So the first issue we might think about, there are things that I am not thankful for. Right? I mean, it's hard. we can't be thankful for everything, can we? There are things that are hard. Can't be thankful when we're taking care of our sick parents. Can we be thankful for that? Can we thankful when somebody, when we're sick? Can we thankful, be thankful when somebody betrays us? Can we be thankful when we hit a deer? Well, maybe you're thankful for the meat. I don't know if you should eat roadkill. But there are some things that you just, they, I mean, you're with me now. There are things that we're not thankful for. I mean, how could we be? They're hard. And so if that's the case, if it's true that, we, that there are things we can't be thankful for, how, what do we do when we read in the Scripture that God wants us to be thankful for everything? That's tough. Does, does that mean I just have to suck it up and do it? Try to be thankful for the things that are hard in my life? What I think we need to do is, this is one of those instances where what we hear when we read the Bible is not always what's there when we read the Bible. So let's take a look at the verse again, because there's one word, two letters, that really makes a huge difference in how we understand this command. Give thanks in all circumstances. See the word, hear the word in. Give thanks in all circumstances. Not give thanks for all circumstances, but give thanks in all circumstances. Again, that means that the call is not be thanks for be thankful for everything that happens to you, but in every circumstance in which you find yourself, give thanks. That's the call. So God doesn't command us that to be grateful for everything that happens in our lives, but listen, God invites us to give thanks in the circumstances of our lives. There's a difference. And so how can we do that? How, how does that even possible to make that happen? Because, listen, even in the worst moments of our lives, God is present and active. And when God is present and active, God works for good. God works for redemption. God works for wholeness and healing in the lives of people. We might not always see God when we're having difficult circumstances because our pain is sitting right up in front of our face. 
Have you ever noticed the tunnel vision we can get emotionally uh, and even physically when we're faced with trying times? It's like it's all we can see. But God is over there too. The scriptures say uh, the glory of the Lord fills the earth. And if the glory of the Lord is to fill the earth, that means that the glory must also be filling this tough time that we've had and this difficult experience that we've got. Does that mean that God has caused the circumstance and we should say, thank you, Lord, for giving me more problems? I don't know. It means that God is in there working together all things for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. That's why uh, the psalmist in Psalm 23 can say with confidence, even though I walk to the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. Even in the shadow of death, even in that valley, yes. And if God is in that moment, and God is at work in that moment, as we know he is, we just sang, oh God, you have made me glad. Oh God, you have done great things then there's an opportunity there to see a blessing and to give thanks for it. Not to minimize the pain, but to see God's work in it and to see the little light that shines in the middle of the difficult situation and say thank you. See, the scripture doesn't tell us to be thankful for everything, but God invites us instead to give thanks in all circumstances. And because God is active in every moment of our lives, every moment is an opportunity to give thanks. Because God is active as much in the tough moments of your life as he is in the great moments of your life. Well, there are things we can't be thankful for. That's that's true. But God invites us to be thankful in that circumstance because he is there working God things. Be thankful in. All right, the second issue that we might come up against is uh, it's hard to be thankful on command. It's hard to be thankful on command. You can't just walk up to a sad person and say, hey, be happy. I've tried it. It doesn't work. It makes them more sad. You can't walk up to a crying baby and say, hey, stop crying. I've tried that too. It doesn't work. It makes them cry harder. You can't walk up to an anxious or worried person and say, stop worrying. It doesn't, it just doesn't work that way. And so you can't just snap your fingers and say, ah, all of a sudden I feel very grateful. (laughs) Good. Woo, snap your fingers again. That's twice I'm grateful. It just doesn't seem to work that way that just because we're told to that we should feel thankful. It just, it doesn't always seem to fit that way. It would seem fake, really, if, if, I said, oh, I'm, I guess I'm supposed to say thank you now. Thank you, God, for this. Or, hey, thank you for, uh, for that. Just because I'm supposed to, because it's God's will for my life, I guess I'll say thank you. Have you ever had one of those apologies? Maybe it was from a kid or a grandkid, because it happens a lot. And they come up and they say, I'm sorry. And you know they only did it because they were told to. <laughs> you can tell the difference. Or like, all right, Grandma got you a little another stuffed puppy for Christmas. You've got 42 of them, but you better say thank you. Thank you, Grandma. You can't just snap your fingers and make people feel grateful, but it says this is God's will for your life, so what are we to do? Well, one of the things that happens a lot to us is we might hear a a phrase in the church so often that, that its meaning might get narrow for us. The phrase God's will is one of those things as well. It, it, it can get narrow for us. 
where the will of God is absolutely the commands and things that God wants us to do and obey. But it's also a little bit bigger than that. If you were to study uh, the phrases God's will in the New Testament and the ways that it was used and the way that it's used in this passage, it would also very much mean something like this. This is God's desire for you. This is what God wants for you. This is what God wants from you. They're both together. So when you hear, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God for Christ Jesus for you. It's not simply, you got to do it because I'm God and I said so. There's some of that in there, but there's also, this is my desire for you. I want you to be thankful. That's my desire for you. And I'm going to give you the ability to do that through Jesus Christ. Listen, gratitude is not something that God simply wants from you. God also wants it for you because it matters to you. God doesn't just want gratitude from you. God wants gratitude for you because it matters to you. And why would it be that way? What, 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 what would God want for us? What, what would be good for us if we, were, if we were thankful? Why would God want that for us as well? Well, we'll take you to the third point. The third issue we might have and we'll get there. The third thing we might come up with when we read this verse is to say, when I am happy, then I'm thankful. That makes good sense, right? That's how it happens to me. When I'm happy, I'm thankful. When I'm not happy, I'm not thankful because what is there to be thankful for? I'm not happy. And when mom ain't happy, ain't nobody happy? No, I'm just going off now. No, but seriously, it makes logical sense. If there's something good happens in my life, I feel good, and then I am thankful for it. And it just seems to be the way that it is. And that seems to make sense to me. Um, But then a monk changed my mind. I thought that was the way it is. You're happy, you're grateful. And believe it or not, it was a monk that changed my mind. Uh, There's a gentleman named David Stendel Rast. He's a Benedictine monk. And he actually, not only is he a Benedictine monk, he also has an organization called gratefulness.org. It's great. Easy to remember, gratefulness.org. He did a TED Talk. Are you all familiar with the TED Talks? They're short uh, speeches and teachings. They're all, uh, usually captured on YouTube. It's fantastic. David Stendel Rost has a YouTube talk uh, that's been viewed six million times in a couple of years. Get that, a popular monk, huh? I think I've seen everything. He's a hermit, but 6, 000, 6 million people watch his YouTube channel. But this is what he had to say during his TED Talk, and it just captivated me. He said, when you are happy, you are grateful. But we all know a number of people who have everything that it takes to be happy, but they are not happy. Because they want something else, or they want more of the same. And yet, we all know people who have lots of misfortunes that we ourselves would not like to have, and yet they are deeply happy. They radiate happiness. Why is that? Because they are grateful. It's not happiness that makes us grateful. It's gratefulness that makes us happy. How about that? It's not happiness that makes us grateful, but gratefulness that makes us happy. So let's put all that together. God invites us to give thanks in every moment because God is present in every moment. 
He is there for us to see and to experience. And so every moment is an opportunity to give thanks. Whether it's a good moment or a bad moment, God is there. And, and it's not just something that God wants from us. It's not just like, hey, you hadn't said thank you today. God wants you to well up with gratitude because it matters to God that you have gratitude because when you have gratitude, you grow happy in God. God wants you to be a thankful person. God wants you to practice thanksgiving because he wants that happiness and contentment and joy in your life. And so God is present in every moment. He gives us the power through Jesus Christ to see his activity in every moment. God wants it not just from us but for us because thanksgiving will make us happy. Giving gratitude will make us happy. And here we go. This is the tie it all up in a knot with my claim here. When we give thanks, we grow happy in the Lord. And when we are happy in the Lord, we have a better life. And therefore, since A equals B and B equals C, thanksgiving changes our life. Y'all see that? Because when we give thanks, we grow happy in the Lord and peaceful and joyful. And when we are peaceful and joyful in the Lord, our life is better. And therefore, thanksgiving can change our life. Now, how? If I'm not super thankful right now, Am I supposed to just say, okay, great, I'll be more thankful? You can actually practice growing in gratitude. Did you know that? You can actually practice. And we should. And it sounds easy. Okay, I'll do a couple of gratitude exercises. I'll get my gratitude bench press, and I'll get going. It sounds simple, but it's actually harder than it seems like it would be. And the reason is, is because we have a natural negative bias that we have to overcome in our lives. Now, what do I mean by that? Think about this for an example. Um, Let's say on a given day, you receive 100 compliments before lunchtime. That'd be a great day, wouldn't it? But right before you head out to lunch, you get one criticism. What are you going to think about for the rest of the day? 99% of the time, it's going to be that one criticism. That is the negative bias. But you can practice. You can tune your attention and your spirit to focus on the blessings of your life so that you can grow in gratitude and have this happiness that we've been talking about. So what I want to do for just a few minutes, I want to give you three very practical and simple ways that you can grow in gratitude. They work and they're easy. First thing I'll invite you to do is simply this. And it's going to sound silly, but if you're not doing it, You need to try it. Stop and ask, where was God in those moments? Stop and ask, where was God in those moments? I guarantee out of 24 hours in a day that you and I probably have 10 minutes of stuff we actually remember that happened to us. Maybe 15, maybe 20. What did you watch on TV the other day? I really don't remember, but I was there watching it. What did you eat for lunch? I don't know, but it was good and full. From the Dairy Queen, I think. We don't pay attention to life in general. And so no wonder we miss when God is active in any moment. But listen, if God is active in every moment, every moment's an opportunity to see God and give thanks. So we should stop every now and then and ask ourselves, where was God in that moment? An example. Uh, We have been doing, during the school week especially, breakfast at the table before school. 
which means that everybody has to be awake, all five of us, before the two of them go to school. This is a life change experience. That means that somebody has to have prepared breakfast. We've really been working this out. And so we, we've been working on it, working on it, working on it, working on it. We're having breakfast at the table uh, and, uh, during the school week. And there's one time that Nora was not waking up. She's our two, almost three-year-old. She was not waking up. And she's maybe a toddler, but you don't wake a sleeping toddler. Just don't mess with her. So we're at the table, the other four of us. Amanda sometimes will play music or sing uh, to get us all to the table and pep us up a little bit because it's like 6 in the morning. Um, Nora heard and she came running out of the room, woke up, just coming out of the room, and she started singing songs out on the table because she wanted to be at the table. That's a big moment. I didn't think about it again until the next day. It was completely overlooked. I said, oh, good, she's at the table. Let's eat, hurry up. i got things to do. I'm a type A personality. I'm going to change the world by noon on Tuesday. Come on, come on, come on. I just overlooked it. Oh, but God was in that moment. You see what I'm saying? Stop and ask yourself, where was God? in that moment? Where was God in the moment where uh, my credit card was declined? This is not a confession, okay? Just an example that you might have experienced. But think about that. Ask God, where were you in that moment? It, It was awful to me. I promise you God was there somewhere. Maybe God declined it so you wouldn't overdraft. How about that? Huh? So stop and ask, where was God in that moment? And the more you stop and reflect, the more you will see, and the more you see, the more you will see. Because if every opportunity is a moment to give thanks, and every opportunity is a moment to have the happiness and peace of God, and even in the tough stuff and even what you overlook, stop and ask, where was God in that moment? Second thing you can do, keep a gratitude journal. I am very serious about this. Somewhere, make a list, sit down, write out things that you are thankful for at any given time, and then do it again, and then do it again. And if you don't like to keep a journal, if you say, that's not me, I'm not a journal-keeping kind of person, put a, put a folded-up piece of paper in your pocket. Open up a note on your phone and just keep a running list. Here's what's going to happen, is you're going to notice that you're thankful for more things than you thought, and you're going to look back over time and say, wow. I didn't realize that I was so thankful for things. And you're going to start seeing more things that you are thankful for. I'm serious about it. There's something about noting it down, writing it down, or typing it that crystallizes it in your mind and helps you to see it. And once you start seeing it, you're going to start seeing it more and more. It's like um, when I was a kid, I used to play outside. I don't anymore because I'm all grown up and I have a job. I don't get to play outside. Um, but we had a big driveway at my parents' house. And we'd go out there and we'd clear out the, had them clear out the cars and we'd set up our dump trucks and G.I. Joes and all the little things we'd do. Um, and we'd be playing and all of a sudden I'd see an ant on the ground. And I hadn't seen any ants. I'd see one ant. But inevitably, every time I saw one ant, guess what I saw? Tons of ants. Because they travel in packs. They're like that. But I didn't, I didn't notice any of them until I saw that one. Then when I saw that one, I saw all of them. It's like that with God. Start writing down and noting all the things that you're thankful for, and you'll start saying, I saw God there. I saw God. Wow, I saw God there. I saw God everywhere in my life. Write it down. I want to show you something. I've got, uh, this is my gratitude journal. 
It even has this, I started this about two months ago. It even has the verse, uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, written on the top. And because I'm a giant nerd, it's written in the biblical Greek underneath that. <laughs> I, in here I wrote, thank you, Lord, that I'm a giant nerd. This sits on my desk table, okay? Um, this sits on my desk table at the house. And I start every morning uh, by listing things that I am grateful for. I actually pray, I say, Holy Spirit, walk with me back through my yesterday. Show me where you were close to me. Show me where you were blessing me. Show me where you were at work in my life. And then I opened up. The first day was kind of sad. It was only like three or four things on it. <laughs> but it's amazing to me. I mean, this is like page after page of stuff that I, I just absolutely just didn't realize that, I, that mattered. Stuff that I just would just passed on. Like here's one. Some of you all like this. I actually, the one morning, uh, 21st October, Amanda and I had had lunch the day before, and I found a new place to eat lunch. And I said, Lord, thank you for hoodies, hoagies, for finding neat and new places to enjoy. I wrote that down. But I've got things. This is where I wrote down that, um, where I remembered that I was thankful for that moment that Nora May came to the table. There was one day when um, Jackson, my oldest, just just a wonderful, great idea. And he had a lot of confidence to like go and, and do something about it. You know, just a, something he was real excited about. And that kind of thing, I'm like, great, son. Hey, you need my help, let me know. I've got to change the world by 4 o'clock because I've got to, you know. Well, the next day, the Lord reminded me about, wow, this is, this is happening in my child, in my home. How wonderful is this? Thank you for um, every time one of you blessed us with a... Um, pastor's appreciation. I, I have so many thank yous for that. I wrote one time, five hours in a row uninterrupted to complete a sermon draft. You don't know how rare that is. I wrote that down and I put an exclamation point. By, but what I'm saying is, I look back over this and I think, I, I was overlooking things in my life. I was overlooking it. I'd invite you to write it down. It's changed my life. I mean, write it down. Keep a list. Last thing you can do last thing you can do is practice saying thank you. Share it with somebody. So there's a new book that came out conveniently around Thanksgiving because book publishers know their marketing really well. It's called Thanks a Thousand. It's by a guy named A.J. Jacobs. He's a guy who wrote A Year of Living Biblically, if y'all have ever seen that book. Uh, his whole goal, he does this thing where he'll take a long stretch of time and he'll dive into a subject and then write about it. So that uh, on a year of living biblically, he tried to obey every biblical command in his life and then wrote about it. Like he had this long beard and loincloths and, you know, he was only eating certain foods. He tried it, the whole thing he wrote about it. But he wrote this book called Thanks a Thousand. And what his whole goal in this book was to say thank you to every person who had a role in his morning coffee experience. Sounds a little silly, but it turned into a pretty long book and they're making some money on it. Here's what happened. He went as far as to find... Uh, the farm that the company used to grow the coffee beans. And he traveled there because you can do that when you've got book money. Uh, He traveled there. He said, thank you. He said, thank you. He found the inventor of the uh, coffee sleeve. Do you know what it's called? It's called a a sleeve. It's actually got a name to it. The sleeve that keeps your uh, hand from getting burned. when you. He found them and he thanked them for inventing that. He went as far as to find the name of the woman who generally works the shift at the warehouse that holds the coffee beans and she does pest control. 
And he called her and he said, thank you for making sure my coffee was not infested with bugs. Now, it sounds silly. It does. But here's what happened with A.J. Jacobs. One, he did not realize how much gratitude was possible in this one important part of his day. How many people were connected to his life? And every time he said thank you, there was a positive relationship built. He encouraged somebody and he was encouraged. And he wrote, uh, as he concludes the book, every time he said thank you, I got happier. Practice saying thank you. Find something on your list. Thank them for Say, God, thank you for giving me a full night's sleep. Or, thank you, God, that even though I didn't have a full night's sleep, I got at least 10 minutes of sleep. Thank you, God. Thank you, neighbor. Every time I see you, you're smiling. And it really made a difference in my day yesterday. Thank you for helping me get the edging done on my yard. I didn't have time to do that, and I saw that you did. Thank you uh, for putting away the dishes. Thank you for calling me and encouraging. Just say thank you. It builds bridges. It brings joy into the world. It brings happiness into your life. So you stop and reflect and ask where God is. Keep a gratitude journal. Practice saying thank you. It matters. It's not just a day on the calendar for turkey. It's not just for when you feel like it. It's for your whole joy. And it matters. So how will you grow in gratitude? I hope that you'll do something because Thanksgiving, after all, can absolutely change your life. I invite you to pray with me. Father, we thank you for the blessing that you give us, that you would even teach us this wonderful truth, that you want us to be grateful because you want us to be whole and joyful. And we thank you for that. We thank you that you fill us with happiness when we are filled with gratitude, but not just for our own sake, but so that we can be good, strong witnesses for what it means to be filled with the joy of the Lord. So fill our attention, God, with your activity in our life so that we can see it, so that we can thank you for it. Help us to combat the negative bias in our life. And help us, O Lord, if we're having trouble, to see you in new ways. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to invite you.